Welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And this week, we're going to be talking about the French film Teton. And all I can say is that this is like Transformers on Viagra. (laughs) And you're in for a bumpy ride, so. (laughs) Very bumpy. (laughs) Okay, folks, uh, (laughs) listeners, um, this is a wild one. Oh my god. And I'm really excited to talk about it, and I really liked it, but this is a wild one. (laughs) Yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it came out last year. Um, It is a French film. Um, The director is Julia Ducourneau, who... um, also wrote and directed Raw, which is another French film that I watched a few years ago. It was on Netflix. It's like a like a weird cannibal kind of movie. I, I just remember a lot of flesh eating. <laughs> Dude, the French are f- about some fucked up body horror. I and I love because I think body of horror. like Martyrs, yes. you know, which is an incredible French film. Yes, this is very Cronenberg esque. Um, yeah. A lot of people have obviously well, compared it to Crash, which is a Cronenberg movie. Um, so yeah, uh, that is the director. The lead actor- actress's name is Agatha Roussel. Um, she plays Alexia, who is our lead pro and antagonist. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the uh, One of the other leads is Vincent Linden, who is Vincent in the movie. He's got a huge list of credits, and I didn't recognize any of them. I assume they're all French movies. Um and then the other one, the other, like, big character in the movie whose name you know is uh, Justine, and she is one of the co-workers of Alexia and possible sapphic interest later on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, and her name is Garance Morillier, I think, and she was the lead in Raw, and I really like her a lot. I got really excited when I saw her. I was like, oh, I really like that girl. And I didn't even realize at the time that it was the same writer-director until after I watched the movie. That's awesome. And then once I realized that it was that same person, I was like, oh, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It's the other movie I watched, Raw. I watched it a few years ago, and it's also very fucked up. (laughs) But I didn't really know a lot about this movie going into it. I just know that a lot of people that I respect in horror had talked about it last year. And if anybody, if any of our listeners are fans of the Dead Meat podcast, they had a horror awards this year and they awarded it like some really cool awards for like creativity and I don't remember effects or something, but it's, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a strange one. And I'm glad I didn't know anything going in. Me too. Um, the one and only thing I knew is that she fucks a car. Yeah. And she does. Yeah. So, I don't know if we should even, I don't know how I would give a spoiler-free No, I don't think there's any way. They've had time. You've had a year. Exactly. And it's on Hulu, so if anybody out there does want to watch it, it's streaming for free on Hulu right now. So, like, go watch it. It's it's quite a ride. Just let it take you on the ride it's taking you on, honestly. Like, yeah. It's, it's, 
it's something else. Uh, so I, I guess we're just going to kind of have to just jump right in. Jump right in. Um, yeah. A lot of the um, themes that I found that I kept thinking of after the movie and throughout the movie, um, it has a lot to do with like self-identity, finding yourself, um, power of love and how it can affect and change somebody. Um, and also a lot of themes of like being trapped in your own body, you know, aging, um, a lot of, uh, transgender themes and, um, just a lot of really interesting stuff that it does in a very art house kind of way. And I don't know, I think it's really cool. It was really interesting to watch. All the colors are so beautiful. The direction is amazing. The acting is so good. I I absolutely agree. And there were just like a few scenes throughout. Like there was like the one scene where she's like, but yeah, so the scene when she leaves the firehouse and it's just so gorgeous outside. That is, like, something that's, like, burned into my brain. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely is. And apparently, um, I was reading a little bit about the movie earlier, and uh, Agatha Roussel, who plays Alexia, has never acted before. And the director specifically wanted someone in that uh, role as Alexia, um, someone who had never acted before. Um, and part of it was... Um, I saw an interview with the director, and part of it was she didn't want a known face... Um, to be in that role to make it look like Alexia went from, you know, this girl to this disguise. She wanted it to look, she wanted the audience to be able to go on that transition with her and really fully commit and believe the way her face changes because she's such an unknown face. And um, honestly, the performance this woman gave is so good. I can't believe I she can't hasn't believe acted. that. She was found on Instagram. That's insane. That is insane. Yeah, she was incredible. Um, but basically, our movie starts with a young Alexia mm-hmm. in the backseat of the car with her father. And he's driving and she's like humming and really just annoying the shit out of him. And it uh, there's there's a lot of undertones in this scene of... Uh, like a very abusive relationship and I'll kind of explain more later on why I think this thing I'm gonna say I think the father may have been sexually abusive to her um earlier in her life which is what made her this um kind of annoying child I mean you can see the tension between the two of them you can see how annoyed the father's getting with these you know these little things and obviously you know young Alexia is pushing him um But it just, like, immediately sets this tone for this very jaded, distant relationship between the father and the child. Because the second she turns around in this car, she unbuckles her seatbelt and turns around. And his reaction is so violent. And I understand being scared in that moment or, you know, yelling, like, oh, my God, put your seatbelt back on. But he, like, whipped around so aggressively and said, put your fucking seatbelt back on. And then he turned around and he fucking lost control of the car. Mm -hmm. Because when you turn around like that, your hand's going to move. So he's whipping the wheel around. Yeah. And they run into a cement wall. And there's this very eerie shot of the car just sitting there in the aftermath. And there's this broken, like, this shattered spot on the window that's covered in blood. It was so eerie. Yeah. And you know it's Alexia's head that just smashed into this window. 
So this is kind of like the inciting incident basically for the whole movie because then she gets this metal plate put in her head made of titanium, which we, I don't know if we explained, uh, Teton is titanium in French. So the movie's literally called Titanium. Yeah, and I just, I wrote that down too. I wrote that she had like the weirdest dynamic with her father and there was definitely something off. And there was just something off with her the whole movie and you just wonder like, what her upbringing was you know it's like i do want to know more about her backstory because it seems like she's had a really fucked up life and i like really feel for her oh yeah absolutely she can i mean in those first few scenes as a child even just after the surgery in those first few scenes like right after the surgery there's these like really gross surgical close-ups and surgical horror is like oh my god yeah (laughs) i love it but it's it's so real. Um, but she's a very cold and distant child. She's very um, stoic. And oh, she yeah. doesn't, you know, she doesn't speak a lot through the movie. And, you know, this accident and this surgery really solidifies. She she feels like a machine. She's not, yeah. you know, this is not her body. This mm-hmm. is not who she is. She is just a machine, a cold shell basically yeah which comes back later because um and this is not i mean we're just gonna spoil everything she does end up getting pregnant um and when she gives birth at the end of the film her skin rips and she's got this um basic titanium shell around her um stomach yeah it's (laughs) so fucked up oh my god it was insane so yeah we will go by go through the plot but we're definitely gonna be jumping around a lot because it's (laughs) <laughs> it's just not like a it's not like an, a regular narrative yeah it has a storyline but it is batshit crazy yeah well i think another thing that we didn't mention that's really important in the beginning is that when she gets out of the hospital they're like taking her home and she walks up to the car and she rubs it and hugs it and kisses it mm-hmm. and then We go, like, immediately into the scene of her working at this, like, car show bar situation. I don't really know. We get this really awesome title card with the uh, title of the movie, and it's playing this, like, electro music. It's so freaking cool. It's so cool. And, yeah, when we first see her, when she first – because she works at this – like, she's a dancer that dances, like, on and next to, like – really awesome custom cars and people, you know, tip her, give her money. She takes pictures. Um, And when she first walks in, it's this really awesome long one shot of like the camera following her around like the, um, the area where all these Mm -hmm. people are dancing. That's the first time we see Justine. And there's like several other people, other women dancing on these cars. And there's like a bunch of guys like sitting and watching them. And, you know, of course that's the way she went in life. Cause that's, you know, all she knows not that i'm saying there's anything bad with that of course but you yeah know. well i just wanted to say that i um i put in a note down that the bouncer was on top of it because that girl was like there was like a girl that while you were following her she was like get your fucking hands off me asshole and he comes and grabs him and he's like hey man touch with your eyes touch and with he your like eyes. grabbed him and i was like fuck yeah the bouncer like did not play games no and you have to have someone like that yeah it was yeah. like we love we stand good security we stand Yes, I love that. Um, so, yeah, we get to see her uh, dance, and it was amazing. It, it was, was hot. so hot. Oh, my God, and the car was covered in flames. Uh, I was, like, 
Oh, she was wearing oh, these like bright yellow uh, fishnets, and she had these oh, like gold, gold spank shorts on. She's so fucking fine, you guys. I couldn't stand it. I swear to God, I was so wet. <laughs> it was, it was insane. It was so hot. Was so There's hot. so many hot scenes in this movie. I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> I'm kind of in love with Alexia, even though she's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, but like, but I still want her. <laughs> right. She's hot. Um. Also, I want to work there. I'm not hot enough to work there, but, like, can I just, like, be a security guard or a would manager? You be, would you bounce a guy like that? Yes, but I'm not very big or strong. I'll make the we'll, schedule. We'll bring... I'll make this... <laughs> I'll make the schedule. It's just very scary. You're the scheduling security manager? Yes. Okay. That's what I am. Okay. I'm the Mac of... <laughs> of it. Anyway... So then the main character, Alexia, meets Justine for the first time and her nipple ring gets caught in uh, Alexia's hair. Oh, my gosh. That was so. And she rips her hair out to get away. Oh, because she's like, she's like, does that hurt? And she's like, no. And then she ripped it. And she's like, ow. And she's like, I thought it didn't hurt. And the girls and she was like. Well, it hurts if you tug on it. Yeah, it hurts if you rip it. That's why I was. That's when I was like, okay, this girl, like, she got a pain kink for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and that'll come back later, of course. Um, and then we get the first truly disturbing part. Um, part of it for me was, like, just kind of real when the guy's following her back to her car. So this guy... So these people, of course, stop and ask her for autographs and for pictures and stuff. And and you can just see her going through the motions. Yeah, like, she just wants to get out of there. There's a point where someone was like, Alexia, can I get a selfie? And she, like, smiles in the second the phone drops. You see her face go into the ultimate frown. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, that is literally me talking to a table when yes. I'm serving. The I'm like, you guys doing okay? <laughs> and then, <laughs> bitch face. Right. Um... So she starts walking back to her car afterward, and this guy starts following her. And so she runs. She gets all the way back to her car, and he's, like, pounding on the window. And he's like, I just want an autograph. I just want an autograph. I waited three hours. And so she rolls down her window, and he, like, starts force kissing her. And it's really awkward and weird, and he's so just grimy and gross. It's disgusting. It's just... It, it's kind of triggering. It really is, honestly. Um, yeah. And then she takes this um, spiky thing out of her hair. It's like a chopstick. Yeah. That and she uses she, to hold her hair up. And she um, jabs it in his ear, and it's awesome. Oh, my God. But he was, like, spitting up Ooh. on her. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a scene where after she, you know, kills him, she stands up, and you can see his, like, spit up on the back of her mm-hmm. neck, and it is vile. Yeah. Because she stabs him right in the brain, and so his like he's, like, convulsing on top of Ugh. her. And she's just very impassionately just holding him while he dies. And then she throws him in the back of the car. And then that's when she goes back to work to take a shower, because she's obviously disgusted by his death vomit. Yeah. I don't know what else to call it. And by him touching her. Yeah, I he's also disgusting. scolded my skin off as well. He deserved it. Um, and then, uh, someone... Something uh, kn- knocks on the door. Banging on the bathroom door. 
<laughs> he does. Um, and she walks out, and it's the car she was dancing on. She was completely naked. I was like, girl, why are you going to go explore naked? I know, she, like, because it sounds like somebody scaries out there. Yeah. Like, pounding on the door, and she just walks out, not even in a towel, just completely butt-ass naked. But then it's the car. So then she gets in the car. <laughs> And then she fucks the car. She fucks the car. And it's, it's like honestly kind of hot. She's got like this. She's in the back seat. Yeah. And she's got the seat belts like wrapped, wrapped around, around her, her like arms. restraints. So she's like holding herself up with them. And, and it's like the car has hydraulics. And, and it's it, like kind of comical. It is. It really it, is. It's so serious. Like you're not supposed to think it's funny. But it's but honestly kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Because yeah, the like It cars... was like pimp my ride. But it was like fuck my ride. Yes. Fuck my <laughs> ride. Ooh, I'd be on that show. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you want to fuck a car? We need. We're gonna have a conversation about this after. Guys, don't worry about me. I'm fine. I'm worried. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's such a weird scene, and yeah, she um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy. She wakes up like the next morning, and she's like covered in bruises and grease, and gr- yeah, she's got grease in her panties, basically. <sighs> it's like oil. Yeah, it's it's uh uncomfy it is so fucking weird and she's like bruised everywhere because like she got fucked by a car like what you okay what it i don't i don't know i don't want to think logistically too much into this but anyway (laughs) so she fucks a car and then she's like at her house like eating breakfast in her living room and she still lives with her parents yeah and she's watching the tv and you overhear the newscaster talking about um four people who have been murdered recently, and they think it's there's a potential serial killer, and she doesn't care. Nope. She basically, I think she just changes the channel. Yep. Like, eh, I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> I've heard this one. <laughs> <laughs> um. I wrote down at one point. I think I'm in love with her. <laughs> um. There's a lot of just really cool, interesting shots. I don't know. Just a lot of really cool stuff. I the director. I think just has a lot of really cool vision, honestly. Yeah, and fucking Justine, mm-hmm. her nipple ring. So they were, Alexia and Justine were making out because, you know, there was some sexual tension there from the shower. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so Alexia starts sucking on them titties, you know. Well, that's the thing, though. Alexia doesn't touch the titties or the nipples. She's only focused on the metal. She is oh. only focused on the metal in that nipple ring, and she's, like, tugging on the nipple ring. She's got it between her teeth, and she's tugging, but she shows no interest in Justine's skin whatsoever. I, I don't even, even think notice we, that. We maybe see them kiss, but she doesn't lick. She doesn't. She's not suckling. She is literally just biting that metal. That is all she's interested in. I didn't even notice that. And, which makes sense, because that's all she cares about. Metal. She is, you know, that's just a part of her. It also makes sense because all I care about is titties. Yeah. That's why I didn't see that. That's fair. I mean, (laughs) and that girl is really hot. Literally, I wrote down, I'm like, oh my god, she has a hot girlfriend, yes. And then it just, it does not work out. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. Um, she, we see her back at her house at one point, um, and she's got a little bit of a bump going on. And I mean, it could just be like, you know, at that point it looks like, oh, maybe she's just bloated. But her mom, there's this, and this is kind of where the possibility of previous sexual assault from the father may, um, this is like kind of where it comes from for me, where that idea, because uh, the mom notices she's like kind of pressing on her stomach, like she doesn't feel very good. And I guess the dad's a doctor. um, 
And so she says, well, have your father check you out. And he's checking out, like, kind of her abdomen area. And I think um, Alexia, like, tries to get him to go down further, like, to check. And he just, like, pulls his hands away and walks away. Like, he's obviously very uncomfortable with this. And just the dynamic between the two of them and the way that she, especially later, there's this one point where, um, you know, in the turn of the movie, she basically... Uh, takes the identity of someone else and she has a surrogate father and the, when she tells the father that she loves him and she means it as the son as adrian um she immediately kisses him because for her love and sex are the same thing yeah and it's just these little tiny tiny subtleties that make me think that the father was very abusive before the accident and yeah. that's why she's got all these traumas and that's why she's she can't relate to people no that absolutely like that absolutely makes sense it's such an uncomfortable scene (laughs) yeah well also the scene where she's like she we think that maybe something's up with her stomach Mm -hmm. um she's leaking that oil like grease it's like motor oil again yeah it's motor oil yeah yeah and it's she's leaking it out like she puts her hand down and she's got oil all over her fingers it's black and ugh. And she doesn't seem that concerned. No, she just kind of, she's like, well, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, there's really, there's n- almost no dialogue in the movie, which I kind of like. And I feel like that's kind of true for this director's movies. Because um, I don't remember a whole lot of dialogue in Raw. Um, just I did a lot think of, it was really cool that there I was not it. a lot of dialogue. A lot of show, not tell. Yeah. Because, um, you know, and especially in some horror movies, lesser movies, whatever, um, or even just more simpler movies, some expository scenes can get really fucking boring. Yeah. And sometimes you just, and not every movie should be like this, but it's, it's cool. Yeah. I, and cause the dialogue hits that much harder when somebody does say something. Yeah. Well, unfortunately she, um, comes out of the bathroom and she takes her little, uh, chopstick sewing needle knitting thing so i wrote when they were sitting on the couch i wrote i like justine and then right underneath i wrote no justine i said why did why is she killing the nice girl i know because yeah then she (laughs) justice for justine and she like sticks the thing in her cheek yeah she stabbed her in the cheek this is a very brutal movie also it's very brutal like it doesn't shy away from showing you like everything the next part so she kills Justine, <laughs> and then this dude comes down, and he's like, "I was Call dying." The police. And she fucking they, you know, they struggle. They're having a battle. She fucking takes a stool, puts it in his mouth, like one of the legs, one of the one of the stool legs. legs, and crushes. Oh, that's ugh, crushes, crushes his, his fucking his skull. Face, yeah. yeah, like, and then. There's this loud crack. Oh, and I was... Where she sits on it afterwards. Yes. And then she literally sits on the stool like the baddest bitch. So I was already kind of giggling. I was too. At that point. And then she like goes upstairs and there's this big like hulking black guy standing there. And she just goes, how many of you are there? And he's just like, there's me and so and so and so and so. And her and... And she's like, I'm... And she just hugs him. She's just like, she looks so tired and exhausted and she just goes up and just... Like, lays her head on his chest, like. <laughs> and he's like, I liked him, too. He's like, I, you can borrow my bed. And yeah, like, he was being so nice. And was. then she fucking killed him. And then, of course, she killed him. And then she struggles with this girl for a while, but then the girl gets away. 
Um, and you can tell, like, Alexia's trying so hard, but she just murdered, like, four people and she is out of breath. I was like, is this a sex house? Because everybody's naked. Oh, it has to. Like, that's why she's like, how many of you are there? <laughs> um, And then uh, she starts a trash can fire. Oh, oh, this is when she goes back home. I forgot about that. Um, So after the girl runs away, because one of the people gets away, and she's like, okay, well, this girl's obviously going to go tell the cops. And then she sees her face. Like, a sketch of her face somewhere. Oh, yeah. At the train station? Oh, yeah. So that must yeah. be afterward. See, guys, this... Honestly, the events of this film are so fucking chaotic. I don't even chaos. know how it goes. Um, but, yeah, at one point, she... So she knows she's fucked at this point. She knows she has to run because she just murdered so many people. And they're all going to come back to her now. And so she fucking locks her parents in their bedroom and sets the house on fire. I don't even remember that part. Yes. She literally, because she, like, looks in on her parents and her her dad opens his eyes, looks her in the eyes, and she quickly shuts it, grabs the key, locks them in, and then starts that trash can fire, which then goes into a house fire. Yep, yep, yep. I guess I didn't even, I didn't even put two and two together there. She locked her parents in there. And she murdered the fuck out of them. (laughs) Oh my god. Guys, we're only, like, a half hour into this movie. Yeah, no kidding. It's chaos. It's total chaos. It totally had a a moment that reminded me of the orphan in it because she sees the missing child poster in the subway and what he was aged to look like. Yes. And spoiler alert for orphan first kill, but you guys should have listened to that episode already. Um, And if you haven't, that's your fault. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what I thought of because she sees a missing poster for somebody and she's like, oh, I look. And she's got a very androgynous look, which is something the um, director was looking for because when Alexia sees this missing kid, it's like a 19 year old, probably around her age. It's a it's a guy, a male that's missing. So she's got, you know, very androgynous features, a very um, just like strong, beautiful jawline. And. So she realizes, like, oh, shit, I can take the place of this missing child, which is literally exactly what Esther did. Exactly. And I fucking love that they both, like, I just. just, Genius. (laughs) Just what an amazing. I would never think to do that. Like, oh, I need a new identity. Oh, this little kid's probably dead. I can just take their place. Mom. I'm home. I'm an adult now. Can you remind me of all the things I like? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But she. Is like looking in the mirror. She shaved, like she cut all her hair off, and she realizes that her nose. She's got to do something about her nose, and so she fucking breaks it herself. And it is a hard, hard scene to watch. And there are several attempts where she like punches herself in the nose, but she can't Ugh. hit herself hard enough because you, your brain really won't let you do that kind of stuff. Right. You know, it's it's like trying to pierce yourself or trying to break your own bones. It's so she she realizes that there's the ceramic bathroom sink and she just smashes her face oh it is and it really fucks up her nose and it looks oh and my first thought was oh my god your eyes are gonna be so black yeah but she ended up she doesn't have black eyes in the movie whatever this movie's not realistic i mean it looks like (laughs) she did when they first yeah 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 but you also see like her belly getting huge and to like conceal like her breasts and her belly she wraps them in like medical tape like really really tight in order to like really 
make herself appear um, more masculine presenting, you know. But it's crazy because then um, we get to meet her dad, (laughs) quote unquote, the guy who thinks that he is getting his uh, lost child back. Yes, and I have thoughts about the father as well. Who I have is so many thoughts. Vincent. Um, uh, namely, uh, did he murder his son? Um, is one of my questions. Uh, much like, again, spoiler alert, but you should the fucking orphan. listen to this episode. Much like the mother in Orphan First Kill. Um, I believe that that's a possibility because... Um, he accepts, you know, this person who claims to be his son immediately, doesn't want any kind of DNA test, overlooks all the things that point to the fact that this is not actually your son, that this person's hiding something from you. But he doesn't care. He just wants a second chance. And I think, honestly, if he didn't murder the son, I think the son ran away. And the reason that I think one of these two things happened, um, he finds her later in a dress of what I assume was like her mother's or something left behind. And he finds her trying on this dress. And of course he thinks it's still his son. So he sees his son trying on a dress and he shows a picture of when the son was little trying on the exact same dress. I think the son was trans. And I think when he came out, the father was so obsessed with normalcy and the idea of his son, because he's a he's a very manly man. He's a uh, fire chief. Yeah. So he is the head of this fire department. He's a very manly man who is aging and is not coping very well with the fact that he is an aging, you know, man who is losing his strength. And I think that he shunned his son for being trans. And that's why the son, he either murdered him or the son ran away, who is Adrian. I don't think we've said his name. Um, that's the identity that Alexia is taking. And I think that's why he overlooks all these things. And then even in the end, when he finds out she's a woman who's pregnant and has taken this place, he says, I don't care who you are. You're my son. And I think for him, he just wants a second chance. Companionship and a second chance. Yeah. He says, you know, even if this isn't my son, it's someone who maybe needs help. And I just, I don't want to shun them away again, even though they aren't my son. You know, and... That is a really good point now that I think of it because there's a scene where we see the mother and she, very much like the mother in The Orphan, first kill, spoiler alert again, does not seem happy to see this person, not even a little bit. There's a conversation being had when Alexia left the table about how he's like, you're not going to take him from me. And she's like, I don't want him. I don't want him. Yeah. And also, there's another part where he literally said, I promise I won't hurt you. I will hurt myself before I hurt you. Yeah. And And so that's another thing that it's like, did he hurt the son in some way or another? And that's why the son isn't here, whether he killed him or just chased him off. Yeah. And the the relationship is just so weird, but also kind of wholesome and uncomfortable and it really awkward. is it's just it's such a weird relationship between her and vincent and then like we see the scene where he is in the bathroom and he has his pants down and he's injecting steroids steroids into mm-hmm. his in his butt yeah and he's got bruises all over yeah and and we're just like what that's another one of those themes that 
um, gets brought up of, you know, being stuck in your own body and he's stuck in this body that, you know, he can't reverse time and is aging and he feels not as strong as he used to. And so that's why he's taking these steroids to still feel like, you know, the man he used to be. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I wrote it down. I'm not seeing it in my notes and I don't remember when it happened and it's going to be hard to talk about, but we have to mention it. Um, after Alexia finds out she's pregnant, like, once she realizes, like, I think she takes a pregnancy test. Um, I want to say it's before she kills Justine, honestly. She takes her hairpiece thing out and, um, essentially gives herself a back alley abortion. Or tries to. Oh, yeah. And it's that a, was... It's very hard to watch, um... Oh, I don't very, think I wrote anything down about that for that exact yeah. reason, because it was just... Very ooh. poignant in today's society, um, but wow, really hard to watch, and yeah, just... She was just, like, put some toilet paper in her mouth and was, like, biting down on it to keep from screaming. Like, you could tell it was immense pain. Yeah, and it, it doesn't work, it doesn't take, um, and she ends up, she keeps getting bigger, and she's hiding, so... The father comes to the, you know, police station to pick what he thinks is his son up, um, takes him back, and Alexia, during the time that she's living with him, she is using, like, ace bandage to, um, like, wrap herself, Mm -hmm. um, to bind, like, her boobs and her stomach, and, oh, there's this one scene where she's wrapping herself later, like, really late in the pregnancy, and you can hear, like, the belly almost crunching oh my gosh. underneath the weight of her trying to, like, hide it. It was it was another intense moment, for yeah. sure. And uh, speaking of the mother, I know we're jumping around, but anyway, the mother walks in on uh, Alexia changing. And she sees that she's pregnant and obviously not Adrian, her son. And she just fucking opens the door, sees what's going on, turns around shuts the door and doesn't say anything for like 10 seconds and then she's like i don't give a fuck who you are take care of him take care of him yep and that was pretty much what happened in in an orphan exactly it's crazy how similar these two movies ended up all i could think about the whole time Um, because yeah yeah, even the mother in that movie is like i don't really give a shit but my husband feels better so like make him feel better (laughs) right um but at least Alexia is not a child. <laughs> that is true. Um, she's walking around the train station at one point, like when she's like, right before she figures out she wants to change her identity, and she could not look more suspicious. Like, she's walking around looking everywhere, darting her eyes around. As soon as she sees a cop, she'll start turning and going the other way. And I I'm know. Like, I was like, you don't, you don't look uh, under the radar at all right now. Not at all. But um, I just. I just think the whole, his whole dynamic of, like, being this, like, super, like, trying to, like, retain his masculinity kind of man. But, like, the fire station has these random, like, dance moments, dance breaks all the time. I think it's because it's, like, a compound that, like, most of them live or stay on most of the time. So they they have, like, parties. Yeah. (laughs) I think they're just, just like, yeah. Letting loose. But it was very, like... It was big gay energy. Big gay. And it's like... Oh my god, I was like, these are like a bunch of hot gay firefighters. You know what? That makes a lot of sense, because in that scene, everything's very pink. 
Yeah. Like the lighting is yeah. very, very soft was, and pink and it's all slow motion and they're all dancing and sweaty and And like loving it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were just being like totally free in themselves. So it and, seemed like it was very like And that, you know, kind of toxic masculinity plays a part later because they can yeah. obviously be very free in that moment. But then at one point they put Alexia, Adrienne, whatever, they think it's Adrienne, up on one of the um on one of the fire trucks and start playing a song and he starts dancing. I mean, she, Alexia starts dancing like she would on the car because she knows how to dance and they immediately get uncomfortable at this, you know, androgynous looking, what they assume is a male dancing, you know, in an erotic way that maybe, you know, they find titillating but don't want to. Yeah. And they immediately get uncomfortable. Yeah. (sighs) Do you remember the name of the young firefighter who was like, Really close to the dad. No, I forget, but he he wants to be a son, for he sure. He wants to be the son so bad. So He's so bad. incredibly jealous. And he is definitely catching on to who Alexia is. And he goes up to talk to Vincent about it. And he said, I need to talk to you about your son. He's like, we don't talk about my son. He's like, it's important. And he said, we will never talk about my son. And so that's another good point to be like just know what happened yeah he's like i don't care what you i know you know but i don't care right i love the child that i have now and i'm going to take care of the child that i have now whether it's adrian or not yeah um and this is another part that i um also think ties into that they they're doing like this simulation or something of a like a burning building and they open this little cabinet at one point and he like hallucinates like a little burnt boy body Oh, yeah. Like, he hallucinates, like, a little, and I'm just, like, and it could just be trauma from, like, past rescues, because that's, like, one of the hardest jobs you can have. Yeah. Um, But it it could be another hint toward, you know, him feeling the guilt of killing his own son. This movie is so good. There's so many layers, (laughs) honestly. Like, I'm still, like, I'm learning things that I never even thought of from you right now. Oh, I know. And, like, because I even made a point um, in my notes about that scene. I'm like, wow, I really love the coloring and it's so pink. And then you brought that. I'm like, yeah, it's very homoerotic. Yeah. And I love it. I do, too. Ugh. Because when they're energy, all. big energy. <laughs> when they're all, they all are just manly men and they, quote, know they're all straight. They feel comfortable being open with each other. But. When somebody on the outside questions that in the slightest, they get uncomfortable. Right. And that's that's a big part of toxic mas- masculinity. Not all masculinity is toxic, but there's a lot of toxic toxicity to the bad parts of it. Yeah. And I mean, I think this whole movie is has this, like, sexual tone. Like, the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Like, the relationship of Alexia and Vincent is so weirdly... Like, there's so much kind of weird sexual tension there. And it's just, like, it's just really uncomfortable. And I think part of it comes from the fact that that's really all Alexia knows, which really makes me think that her dad... Had to have abused her. Had to have abused her when she was younger because... And, like, especially that scene when she, like, leans down and, you know, she says, I love you. And it's, like, the first thing she says to him, basically. Because the whole time she's pretending to be the son, she, she won't speak. And he keeps saying, like, it's okay, you'll talk when you want to. And one of the first things she says to him is, I love you. And she means it in a very, like, father-son kind of way. But then she immediately starts sticking his t- her tongue down his throat. It was, because that's all she knows. She knows yeah. love equals sex. Yeah. Because that's, and, you know, once 
she got to a point in her life, maybe if, you know, she finally, once she gets past her dad or whatever, once she started to grow up, she was immediately sexualized in another culture. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what she did for a living is, and she, those people are over-sexualized, even Absolutely. when they don't want to be, even outside of work. And they're basically just cast as only these sexual beings and to her a sexual machine. And so that's why she doesn't, you know, that's why that's all she knows yeah, is sex. That's, it's devastating. Affection and sex are one and the same. You know, I will say moving on to the next scene that this was, well, let me start with this. There's a scene where you can tell she's like getting close to like the due date of this car, child, whatever, bionicle bullshit is happening because she starts leaking the motor oil from her boobs as well yeah instead of milk yeah it's motor oil bitch oh it's so weird but what i was gonna say is my the next scene is one of my favorites because the young firefighter who had caught on and you know like seemed like he was gonna start to tell other people about you know vincent's son and what he thought because he was catching on that she was the serial killer Yes. And. Well, and just at first, he almost immediately knew she wasn't who she said she was. Yeah, he was uncomfortable right off the jump, too. Mm-hmm. So, it, the whole time, he, he knew something was up. But he's on, th- this scene is gorgeously shot, too. It's this forest that's on fire. Yes. It's black and orange, and you don't know what time of day it is. So, all of them are silhouetted. They're just black it's silhouettes so, against this orange background. It's gorgeously shot. But there's this um, trailer, and the captain, Vincent, he goes in to secure the um, gas tanks, mm-hmm. and he comes out, and the younger firefighter is like, did you secure them all? Like, there's only one? And the captain just stands there for a second, silent, and then he tosses him the fucking <laughs> gas tank, and he's like, hold this for a minute. And then it Runs just- away. Then runs away and it just cuts to um, Alexia sitting in the fire truck and just hear an explosion. You see the reflection in the um, in the windshield yeah. of the fire truck and it's like, oh shit, he blew that motherfucker up. I know. He's a real one though. He's loyal. But that's the thing. Like that scene is a little bit ambiguous too because when he and the other firefighter, when Vincent's walking up, you can see he looks kind of disoriented. And, like, there's, like, obviously a lot of fumes going on, and he seems like he doesn't really know what's going on, and it's a little ambiguous, but I do think he was like, here, hold this. I'll be back. Yeah, 100%. And then- I, I totally think he did it, because he seemed like the way he was, like, looking at him and, like, everything when he was, like, piecing together that he was about to, like spill the beans Mm -hmm. and he was like yeah i I gotta kill this guy hold this real quick i'll be back so like if you're not willing to blow up a motherfucker for me don't even try yeah don't even come at me that's the kind of loyalty i want right that or nothing (laughs) (laughs) oh there was a weird scene where he um sets himself on fire yeah he after like the dancing scene of alexia dancing on top of the fire truck he like was super uncomfortable during that and walked out and then set himself on fire at his house. Yeah. And there's this one scene, I can't remember if it's before or after that. Where I, he I, overdoses on... Yes. Yeah. So, like, there's this part where they are um, sitting there and he yells at Adrian, who he thinks is Adrian, 
why do you always want to leave? And again, that just, I don't, I want to know what happened to the fucking son. But he says, you know, why do you always want to leave? And I wrote, because you're weird. But. (laughs) 100%. But also. um, So he gives Alexia the key and says, okay, fine, go. Just go. And she starts to leave. And this is the turning point in their relationship. Because she has the chance to go wherever she wants. She can, you know, go assume another identity. She can leave. She can leave the country. She can just go at this point. And he goes into the bathroom and takes some of his steroids. He throws the needle in the trash, barely gets across the threshold, and then falls to his knees to the trash can to take the rest of it. It is such a desperate moment for him. And he, you know, sticks himself again and he starts to overdose. And she comes back and she saves him. And it's just like, it's a very important turning part turning point for the two of them who are so broken and so traumatized and so self-destructive to you know have found each other and they are finally accepting maybe i maybe someone in the world can care about me the way that i am Mm -hmm. and maybe you know that's for her and for him it's maybe i can help this person and redeem myself for whatever he may have done to his son Absolutely. Or whatever may have happened to his son. And I, you know, a lot of people can watch this movie and think, this is weird and stupid and I don't get it. And that's fine. Everybody can have their own opinion. But there are so many layers to this movie that makes it so important and just such a cool experience to watch. Yeah, and those same layers are also what make it absolutely uncomfortable and interesting you know and Mm -hmm. i think if a movie can make you feel bad for the person that you're supposed to despise Mm -hmm. and make you question how you feel about the characters so many times throughout the movie like i'm still processing how i feel about the characters yeah i mean alexa alexia is a murdering psychopath but like she's got a lot of empathy i have a lot of empathy for her She's like chop top. Yeah. And she's, it just, I love ambiguity, especially in my horror villains. Um, I mean, I I love my outright bad guys. Yeah. yeah. We knew she was bad from the start, you know, like there was never a question as to who was going to be the, um, the antagonist of this movie. Exactly. You know, but also our protagonist. She's our main character. She's our everything. Yeah. I love her. Um, I really like, um, the, like, scenes, the first responder type scenes, and there's one near the end where um, he takes Alexia and she is, like, giving someone CPR. Like, he is such a good first responder in this scene. He stays he so calm. He says, you go do this. He teaches her exactly how to, like, you know, give somebody CPR. It was, even, it was he's amazing. Like, he's, like, intubating somebody who's not breathing at the same time. Like, I took, I took a, an EMT class like forever and a fucking day ago that was the hardest thing i've ever done and that was just the class like i can't even imagine i can't even imagine but it was like a really it was one of those moments that i was like this is really wholesome Mm -hmm. because he was such a great teacher in that moment he didn't freak out he didn't do it he and you know when alexia started doing it wrong he said no 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 do it along with me and they started singing the um some song i can't even remember Ah, macarena yeah. Something like that. Which, and I think in America they teach you to do the, um, ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive. 
that oh, like helps yeah, yeah, you yeah. keep the the beat that you're supposed to. I don't even know. Yeah, that was a really beautiful scene, though. Yeah, I really like that. I I like that they made him like a first responder firefighter because I think it like added a lot of like tension to like random scenes like that. Like I don't know the people they're working on, but like it's a father and a son, basically a father and a child. Yeah. Um, you know, bonding over this together, and you can. It's like it's the first little almost smile that Alexia cracks that's not fake. Yeah. Like, you can tell she's really happy with herself, and she's like, holy shit, I saved a person. And then, at like, when they're on the porch after leaving the house, he, like, just grabs her and hugs her, and it was just really sweet. Yeah. It was just a really sweet moment, and, you know, moving forward, and um, after he blew up the firefighter, and mm-hmm. she's kind of back in the home, um, he tells her he doesn't care sh- who she is, and, you know, she... <laughs> this is after she banged the fire truck, like I said. Yes. She banged the fire truck after the weird on top of the fire truck dance scene. Yeah. And essentially. She, and that's just another. Alexia is very, very, very self-destructive. And to her, like, in this movie, cars especially, and large metal objects, but I think especially cars, equal trauma. And... Alexia is just constantly chasing more trauma because she is extremely self-destructive. And a lot of that comes from PTSD that I'm sure she has. Yeah. And being traumatized her whole life. And it's just, it's almost, she almost has an abusive relationships or an abusive relationship with this, with, <laughs> I hate to say it, but with cars. Yeah. Because um, she keeps going back knowing she's going to get hurt. Yeah. And, you know, she's got this big belly Ugh. and she's scratching this one part of it. Ooh, and then she, like, scratches a hole into it. Oh, my God. And instead of blood, there's motor oil around it. Yeah, that was, it was disgusting. Yeah. But we get to, um, we already discussed, like, he set himself on fire. He rolled and put the fire out. It was yeah. weird. Um, she comes into his room. And that's when she says, I love you to him. Mm -hmm. And she kisses him. And he, like, it, like, was, like, processing for a minute and then, like, shoved her off. And she kind of started to go into labor. And he immediately flips her on her back and starts helping her deliver this baby. Mm -hmm. He had seen for half a second at one point, like, she actually dropped her towel and he saw the stomach and the boobs and he just put the towel right back up, didn't say anything, didn't, and he literally just said, I don't care who you are, you're my child now. Yeah. And it just kind of shows he's either known from the beginning or known for a while and just doesn't care, just wants companionship, someone to take care of and someone to... That needs him, someone and someone to need, and, if and a you second s- chance. And if you see her body in this, she is tore the fuck up. Ugh. Her stomach is like being like ripped apart. Like her chest has scratches all over it from being binded. Like and she's all bruised, and like bruised. you can see the lines from where the bandages were yeah. wrapped around. And it's like he didn't question that. He didn't question the fact that she was leaking motor oil. He just. He wanted to help her. Yep. And again, that's that first responder. He saw a crisis and he flipped her on her back and said, all right, come on, push. We're going to do this right now. And this scene is intense. There is so much body horror and just skin ripping. Yeah. It's rough. It's a very traumatizing birthing scene. And then we get the baby. 
which I was like, what the fuck is it going to be? What the fuck? I, I was so nervous. It was going to be something really like cheesy. Like a Hot Wheel. Oh, my God. <laughs> a crying Hot Wheel. That would Morty, be traumatizing. Morty, turn yourself into a car. <laughs> I restructured your DNA so that you would be able to turn yourself into a car. Who needs to be able to do that? I don't. Rick and Morty. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I kind of, I was really hoping it wouldn't just be like, like a Hot Wheel. I would have screamed. Or like Christine, basically, yeah. you know, in like mini car form. But no, it's an it's a baby with a uh, titanium spine. Yeah, I said weird bionic baby. Yes, <laughs> um, and I think th- and like I think he has maybe some metal on his skull. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but the baby. And um, I think the especially the titanium being on the outside and the fact that the baby survives this, I think, says a lot to strength of rebirth and starting a new life and I don't know I don't know whatever um but I just and then of course unfortunately she dies which sucks but he like takes the baby and he says like I'm here I'm here he just keeps saying I'm here and he's holding the baby and hey you got a new baby this movie was a fucking trip guys I definitely recommend watching it, though. Yes. I definitely want to rewatch it. Yeah. Because I want to go back and kind of... Even if you've listened to this and haven't watched it, go back and watch it. Because, like, we've explained a lot of it, but there's just so much that you can't fully understand until you see. Yeah. And there's just so many scenes that really can't even be explained because it's just very strange. It's just a so very strange. strange movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. I It's got like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen complaints about it. I've seen a lot of the complaints that I've seen are people who really didn't understand it, which not saying people are stupid. I don't get some movies. Yeah. Um, and, but some of the complaints I saw were that it was like not subtle enough with some things, but it's not trying to be. It's trying to be very over-the-top, unrealistic, um, just very crazy. Like, it's obviously trying to right, shock you. Right, and, and it does that. And, and it makes you uncomfortable the entire time. Oh, I was very uncomfortable. You know the feeling that I had? You know what it reminds me of watching? What? It Follows. I love that movie. I do, too. And it kind of gave me that uncomfortable Weird, weird lighting, weird colors, mm-hmm. sexual undertones, uncomfortableness, great use of music. Oh, the music is beautiful. Yeah, so like watching it really gave me those feelings. Like I was watching It Follows. I loved It Follows. We're gonna have to cover that. At oh, one hundred percent. That was one of my favorite soundtracks. God, it freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, I really like that Ugh. movie. And the fucking technology. It's just so good. We'll have yeah. to cover it sometime. Yeah. It's, that's, that's a very good movie that I saw a lot of hate for. First time I watched it, I didn't think I liked it, but then I like sat with it for a while, thought about it, rewatched it, and I was like, no, it's actually really good. I think I just went in, set and setting mean a lot when you watch a movie, and sometimes, like, I remember the first time I watched Mother, which is one of my favorite fucking movies i haven't seen that it is so fucking incredible i have a little stand thingy little cutout thingy of jennifer lawrence i love that film and the very first time i watched it katie showed it to me and i said i hate this movie (laughs) the second it ended and then two hours later i was like 
oh, God, that's the most beautiful movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you just need to have to process. Yes, because the whole time I was pissed off at the things that were happening to the lead character, but that's how you're supposed to feel. And then I, like, realized the allegories that it was trying to make, and it just, it's a very beautiful film. You guys should go watch Mother, but also watch Teton. It's on Hulu. You have no excuse not to watch it. I know y'all got Hulu. Absolutely. Um, I think my final note is to the to the guy that said that people who make horror their whole personality are cringe. Suck a dick. People who don't let people like things because they don't have a personality are cringe. And that's that. That's on God. Um, anyway, yeah, my final thoughts are just I really like it. I think it's unique and weird and... Ugh, yeah, I want to watch it again. I want to make Jeff watch it. He's going to hate it. <laughs> He's going to hate it. I make him watch the weirdest shit. Um, but yeah, uh, next week we are going to be uh, covering both the 19, I want to say 90s or 80s version and the shot for shot English remake of Funny Games, uh, written and directed both by the same person who shot and di- shot both movies. Um, and apparently the American remake is basically a shot for shot version. We're going to watch both and compare and we are going to have a guest on next week, Katie. Yay. She's going to come on and help us talk about it and how fucked up it is. So if you guys haven't watched it, I would suggest at least go watch the American version, the 2006 or 7. Because that's um, the only one that I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen the, um, I think it's Italian um, but I want to watch it just to see how close they really are. Yeah, I um, mean, the American version is fucked up. It is so fucked up. I loved it. Um, and it's it's a home invasion film, just um, as a heads up, because I know those can be hard to watch. Those are oh, some of the truly. scariest for me, because they're so real. <laughs> um, but it's really good. It's really fucked up. So if you guys haven't seen any of them, at least go watch the American version. You can rent it somewhere, I'm sure, but we're going to compare the two and talk about them. So we're really excited for that. So prep for that uh, for next week. And then the week after that, we're covering Pearl and X. It's going to be a long ass episode and y'all are going to love it. I know I am. I saw Pearl. I saw it the night it came out and I was blown away. (sighs) I haven't seen it yet, but I know. I know I'm going to love it. Yes, you are. It's going to be awesome, um, but I'm so excited for next week. Funny Games is... So not funny. No, it's not. Uh, but anyway, um, we are excited to have Katie on. I'm, I'm glad to ha- we get to have another guest. Me too. And maybe possibly another future guest in uh, November. But we'll, uh, that's just, we, we're, we're not even going to tell you about that. No, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, um, thanks so much for tuning in this week. And uh, we hope that you guys, if you didn't watch... The movie before you listened, we hope that we inspired you to watch it. It's worth it. Because it definitely is. I mean, movies like this don't come along very often. This is not your typical run-of-the-mill. It's like nothing I've ever seen. It's literally like (laughs) nothing I've ever seen. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I hope we, uh, you know, roused your interest if you haven't seen it. Um, Go on Hulu. It's like like an hour and 40 minutes. It's not even that long. Yeah. It's a fun time. You will be so confused and so taken aback but it's a fun time i absolutely recommend it yeah but yeah guys um again thank you for your continued support it means so much to me whenever i have people come up to me and tell me they listen to episodes and how they feel about it it truly means the absolute world to us um so please keep doing that and 
send us emails, send us messages. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what episode you might like to be on as a guest or yes. what movies you are dying to hear us cover yes. or just questions. Like we're, we're, we're happy to answer those and make you guys a part of this podcast as much as we can. Oh, so. yeah. And we'll always shout, you know, any guests out that want to, you know, ask questions or have requests or whatever. Um, and you can email us at deeperscreeperspod at gmail or um, you can instant message us on Twitter or Instagram at deeperscreepers. So yes. feel free to always reach out to us. We're nice people, I swear. Yes. Sometimes. No, we're nice Not people. you, Elvira. Not you, Elvira, and not the guy who thinks we're cringe. Yeah. So other than that, <laughs> y'all are cool. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we love you, and um, we will look forward to uh, speaking with you guys next week. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Did you get those eyes?